0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: It's your True Faith Newcastle United podcast. Newcastle nil, Everton one. A bad result at Goodison Park. A bad performance at Goodison Park. I'm Charlotte Robson joined this evening by Norman Riley and Ben Wade who have kindly stayed up. The game has finished it felt like it wouldn't but it has Um, and they have stayed up to talk about it with me. I was there at Goodison Park this evening they were watching from the comfort of their own homes and I'm so jealous about that. (laughs) Um, Let's Let's talk about the result then, generally, um, guys, if that's okay. Um, terrible result. Ten men, Everton. One nil, Everton. Um, if we're being objective, is it just unlucky that we have had no points out of the last two games, Norman?
2: Very unlucky, I think. I don't think we've deserved to lose either game. You could argue that we haven't deserved to win either, but we certainly didn't deserve to lose. Um and again, being objective, if six weeks ago you'd said by the end of the rearranged Everton game towards the middle of March, you're going to be on 31 points and 14th in the table, that would have been something at the time we'd have snapped your hand off for, right? It would have been fantastic. I think what makes it difficult to swallow right now is the fact that you're walking into that game thinking, if we win today, got, we can be one point off 10th. We'll move up two in the table. So your, your expectations shift ever so slightly, but ultimately in in the context of the whole season, given where we've come from, it it's not the end of the world. These results aren't the end of the world. And we didn't, as I say, I don't think we deserve to lose either either of them. The one against Chelsea, a bit of pill to swallow because of Havertz getting the winner, despite the fact he should have been sent off and it was at the death. This mm. one coming coming forward three days later, four days later, right at the death again. What makes this one more painful is the fact that it's against Frank Lampard, who I think is an abysmal manager, and also against Everton, who are an utterly abysmal team. So it is devastating. We've conceded two goals at the death. We've lost one nil both games. We didn't deserve to lose. And despite how far we've come, despite the fact that we're missing Kieran Tripp, yeah, missing Callum Wilson, you know, we've been missing brilliant players. It's still really hard to swallow. But objectively, in context, Put it to bed, let's put it to bed and move on.
1: I would love to put myself to bed right now. <laughs> um, it's yeah, I think that is good, good context and good like perspective on it, isn't it? Like, I am bitterly disappointed this evening coming away from a 14 minute stoppage time after they've gone down to 10 men. That is that is really crap,
2: <laughs> but it was, the, it was the, the man who, the man who, like. Detached himself the poorest, I of him, for everything, to be honest.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, that's, you know, we'll, we can come on to that. We can come on to the mood in the stadium as well, proceeding and following that. Ben, what do you think? Do you think all is lost or do you think we just need to, you know, yeah, it's a bitter pill to swallow, but we we'll swallow it and we'll move on?
3: No, definitely. I think Norman's spot on. I, I mean, if, if you'd have spoken to us and if we'd have been doing this podcast 10 minutes straight after the game, a bit like I did the, uh, the Chelsea one, I'd have been spitting feathers, I'd have been absolutely raging. Um, but I've calmed down a little bit now, and, and Norman's spot on in terms of the um, to put the game into perspective. We're we're safe. Like we've we've almost turned the tables on on Everton in terms of the positions we find ourselves when we actually played the reverse fixture. Uh, obviously, the, the home game where we came into that having just won our first game, but um, every, uh, there was so much put on that game to kind of say we've we've got to follow up that that win, and we need to um, we're, we we need to stop building results to, together um like we and, and you could tell in that game we we just were up for it we wanted it more and i think mm. as i say this game meant more to them that that was kind of made it, it was a bigger game for us that game and, and we battered them tonight you could tell like the desperation from the event players that the, the crowd that meant that was a bigger game for them than it was for us and as normal says that's an incredible <laughs> to say considering where we were um, like ten games ago, um, to, to think that this this was kind of a game that we, we didn't really need. Um, so I, I think, um, yeah, it's 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 not the be all and end all. I think as well as 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 you say, kind of referring to the, the Chelsea game. I'm, I can't be too disappointed because we've played really well in both games and need like <laughs> we held Chelsea and Everton basically to to a chance each in in two games and. Like as I say, to have said that again ten ten games ago, I would just been like no chance. So we're still playing very well. We're still like um, we we're, we're still keeping teams tight, but um, it's it's still a brutal brutal game to lose to to the Scots Mountains.
2: Yeah, I want to just be subjective for a second because being objective is correct. However, right now I'm a little bit tired. I'm a bit fragile, and to lose to Frank Lampard is, right now, and I, and I don't mean it so melodramatic Yeah, possibly one of the most devastating things that's happened to me in <laughs> Not to
1: sound I, melodramatic at all.
2: I don't, know, I don't know how I'm going to move on from this. And in fact, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to try and stay awake as long as I can, and just see where my mind takes me, because it'll take me to a better place, I don't doubt it. I think this you should important. sleep,
1: Norman, I think you yeah. should go to sleep. I will say, I will counter Ben slightly and say I thought we played well at Chelsea and it was a very disappointing goal to um, concede. But I didn't think we were as good tonight. I thought it was really, um, you know, I thought we were better than Everton. I certainly thought we were better than Everton in the first half. But um, I think heads went, I don't know if it was the atmosphere of being in Goodison Park where they were so... Desperate for something, and their fans were so desperate for something. I don't know if that like fed into our players, but it became so it was 100 miles an hour that game. It became it was so scrappy, it was so, um, it was a little bit all over the place. It was, it was just particularly that sort of midway through the second half. I was just like, this is the kind of game where we will, um, we're gonna concede.
2: Mm -hmm. I had that feeling as well after about 70 minutes. I messaged Alex and said. I can see us losing this now because you couldn't see us scoring, right? That was the thing—you couldn't see us scoring—and as you see, it was getting sort of scrappy, and we had no, we, we didn't have any rhythm. The, the, that all that organisation that we've had lately, all that
4: um,
2: that, that cohesiveness, that, uh, that that sort of battle-hardened attitude we've had in games, none of it seemed to matter, and we didn't, and we didn't look a threat going forward. Whereas in these That's other it. games, where these other games where we kind of kept teams. You know, to sort of thirty yards, the limit of their chances. Every time we've attacked, we've looked dangerous. Whereas tonight, it just looked a bit lackluster. Let's see.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think that I, I I would agree, Sean, in terms of the. I think first half we were the better team and we looked like um, it was kind of it, it, something was coming. And it's, it, I think it's the first game where we've we've kind of come out after half time and, and haven't really kicked on. Um, and Eddie Howe even said that in his interview after the game, kind of was saying he was a little bit. Sort of disappointed with how we um, with how we approached that second half. Um, obviously, there was a couple of changes. I think with um, Shelby being a big one. I think it's kind of highlighted and how kind of we take him for granted a little bit because I thought as I thought Bruno had a good game tonight, but he I, I felt like the midfield went missing in the second half. Yeah, um, for the first time that we've kind of seen that, and he's a spot on in terms of we didn't really create a, a single chance in that second half and we just lost our way a little bit. Um, why that was, I don't... I, I can't really put my finger on it because we still had the majority of the team that's been grinding out these results. And I suppose it's it's kind of one of those things. We've, we've maybe had a bit of fortune in some of the games where we've, um, we've, we've come back in and won games where we haven't potentially... Um, haven't potentially sort of created loads of chances in games, but and we've been clinical. We just didn't get that opportunity tonight for uh, a number of reasons. But yeah, it's uh, it, it it's definitely one where you feel like there's got a there's, there's going to be a reaction. Obviously, we've got a massive gap now um, until the, the Spurs game, but uh, you feel like this this one it's going to hurt the team, and, and hopefully there'll be a a reaction from it.
2: The midfield point you make there, Ben's really interesting. Shelby was a huge miss. I think you're right, Bruno did play well in the context of the game, right? There weren't any particularly standout performances, but I thought he was one of the better performers. There was a piece of skill in the first half where he put he put a ball through that, created the chance that we almost scored from him. It. It, was, it, was it was outrageous, frankly. But Willock had a very poor game, and I think mm-hmm. the reason that Willock possibly had a poor game is because Joelinton was solid, Bruno was solid, but you've got two players who are more or less playing in the same position. that they're, kind of, they're so far withdrawn that Willock... Isn't he doesn't really have any kind of support? Whereas I think when, when Shelby's on the pitch, Willick just gets a bit more. And obviously, Shelby can you know, we know Shelby can spray the ball around more. He, and he also, I think he makes himself available for, for short passes more than some of the defenders. And, and I think, I think we really missed that tonight. And and as I said, despite the fact that Julian Linton and Bruno looked okay, I think those two being alongside each other and Shelby not being in really impacted on, on Willick and what we get out of Willick, what we have got out of Willick, especially against um, Southampton, Brentford and West Ham is his ability to kind of dart in behind wood to kind of play left to right and to get into space and he just just didn't offer it tonight. So yeah, I totally that, agree. With that, that. Joe.
1: Totally agree with that. Um I think Joe Linton is what we've seen from him and his performances of late is that he's 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 really good in an extremely specific position. And and dropping back the way that he was today and being more in the middle like he was today it just does not work and and uh, it, yeah it was good in the context of the game you know I don't think he made any it's not like the Linton of old where he made like ridiculous blunders but it, it's 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 becoming very clear that it's it's very specific how he has to be playing in in what formation he has to be playing. Um, Go on, Ben. I think you want. I was just going it. to say,
3: he did, I just did. I, I completely agree. He wasn't as effective tonight. I think I would probably put that down to the the fact that who he was against. I mean, De Cuir is probably yeah. the yeah. the one physical specimen in the Premier League that kind of can match Joe Linton. He's an absolute beast as well. Brilliant player, and now lands a, a dirty hard, you know what? Anyway, uh, you you saw that for the for the tackle. Son of a gun. Later on. Son, yeah, Son of a gun. Son, <laughs> Son of a gun. I shouldn't speak of his mother like that, but apologies, uh, patrons. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it was just. Uh, I, I think it was a. You, you're right. Like he, he didn't have the, the impact that he he, he can normally have on games. But I, mm. I, I would probably give them a bit of credit to say actually, they kind of matched up quite well.
1: Yeah, fair enough. We are going to get into team selection a little bit more, um, and and single out a couple of players in the second half of this show as well as get into the red card and and, and a little bit of that sort of stuff. But uh, before that, we have some messages from our sponsors. If you hate messages from sponsors, consider joining us on Patreon with £6.60 a month. And and we have loads of extra podcasts, like 40 or 50 a month. Um, If that sounds like too many, you don't have to listen to them all. But there's a lovely spectrum of podcasts, so please do consider joining us. We'll be back in a minute.
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you.
1: Welcome back to part two of the True Faith podcast. We are discussing um, a defeat this evening at Goodison Park. So we considered, we were thinking about team selection there. We sort of got into it a little bit with the midfield. Um, what about ASM and Mankiw? They didn't start. Every time I see Kraft's name, yeah, okay, every every player. I'm going to almost call them employees there. I suppose they are. Every player. <laughs> has improved under Eddie Howe and his coaching squad it is true but Emil Kraft remains you know probably not Premier League standard if we're all being honest with ourselves I'm I'm you know I'm calling it and Mankiw was on the bench and he eventually came on so he's clearly fit and that would be my choice ASM did not start but did come on Norman do you think that they should have started what do you think do you think that would have impacted the game differently
2: Difficult to answer because how would have had his reasons, right? Now, M- Manquillo, for example, out injured for a while, and plays more more or less a full game away to Chelsea as a wing back as well, not as a, an mm-hmm. orthodox full back, right? So, when, when you when you're playing as a wing back, I mean, it, you know, it was it was a five man defence, but he, you know, he was kind of playing as a wing back to a certain extent, and you've got to do a lot more a lot more running. So, there may well have been an element of tiredness in there. I don't know. Um, and when we played a back four. Lately, because of Mancuno's injury, because of Trippier's injury, Kraft has been in and Kraft hasn't played in the losing side in an orthodox back four, right? Um, we lost against Chelsea, Kraft wasn't in the team. So I can see why. I mean, but personal preference, of course, I'd rather Mancuno because he's, mm. he's a better player. ASM, I looked at Godfrey at left back and I thought, this is the kind of game I'd let the CSM start. And even if ASM was on the left-hand side, that I think, would have taken Godfrey apart as well. Um, so, yes, it was frustrating. And it's, it's re- what I find really interesting is that, in my mind, ASM coming off the bench is a sub against a tired defence, against a shaky defence like Everton's. And even against Chelsea on Sunday, I thought, this is great. Imagine if we get to 0-0, 70 minutes in against any team, and we can let ASM loose against anyone, we've got a chance. But, unfortunately... I think the last couple of performances, you know, it, it's almost like because he's so good, ESM, you're expecting him to perform miracles the moment he mm-hmm. comes in. we're gonna win. ESM's coming on, we're gonna win. And it's not the case. And and I and I will say he's one most creative player, he scores goals. And if he's fit, ah, I, I would like to see him start. So I'm hoping that the next two weeks we'll go away to the a warm training camp. Warm
1: weather training camp. Warm
2: weather training camp. ESM gets his fitness back up in <laughs> the next game that you play. If Trippier's is not available I'd like to see Mancou in it right back. That's not me blaming Kraft for the defeat at all. I'm just saying I think Mancou is a better player. In ESM, I'm not blaming um, Ron for the the defeat, but I just think ESM is a better player and I want to see him start. So I'd like to think that against Spurs, both of those players will start.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I don't think there's any one player to blame for the defeat tonight. I think that there was a it was a hor- it was horrible defending for the goal. Um you know, I'm sure we will touch on that before we finish up. But Ben, Norman's given his opinion on on the team sheet. What about the subs in the in the um in the group chat? You sort of said the subs have killed us here. Um I, I'm inclined to agree that the mood changed, the tempo changed, the whole game changed. Uh it was already scrappy, it felt even more so in the ground after we made those substitutions. It just, it just didn't seem to work what do you what do you want to talk about that
4: yeah
3: I thought the employees that came on and second half <laughs> uh, just didn't have the have the impact wanted you, you can take a out of the HR but you can't take HR out of the <laughs> can you
1: god i the, talked um, on myself haven't I
3: yeah no I, I think Norman's spot on I, it's an interesting one because I'm exactly the same as and you would expect that that game there was there for ASM to come in and um, and take that game by storm, like it was literally ready made for him. As as you say, I'm I'm shocked that he started on the left against Coleman, who's actually quite still quite quick for his age. But like, I just feel like he's he's more experienced as well. Whereas against Godfrey, who's not even a left back, um, that like that had to be the the, the, the change to bring ASM on and, and have a run at, at Godfrey. Um, so I, I was a little bit disappointed by by that kind of change, but. Um, yeah, the ASM one's an interesting one, just because I think it's almost like when he comes on in these games, there's so much pressure on him to like, and he hasn't got the time. He, he's literally—it's like you've got 15 minutes, Alan, to come on and change this game when a team is sitting in deep. Like, it's not like he—he he had um, had counter attack opportunities because they were just sitting and, and kind of holding on at that point for for the the point. Um, and it was just—I I think it was just a. It, it's almost like he—the pressure's all on him to to pull out a magic bit mm-hmm. of skill and 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 turn water into wine or whatever into gold. And it's just—it's like it—it it was just too much um, for him tonight. So I don't—I don't blame him too much. I know we—we we were kind of just, there was a few scathing comments. Um,
4: yeah,
1: but, well, he's been—he's been sorry to interrupt. He's been absolutely no, no. pelted on social media, yeah. and yeah. there at the at the ground like the. The away fans around me were screaming at ASM, you shouldn't be right. on the pitch, you shouldn't be on the pitch, stuff like that. Why? Just because because I suppose, like you say, he didn't create a miracle.
3: uh right. Yeah. But yeah, I mean it, and I, I thought he, he didn't do he, it was the wrong substitution against Chelsea, I think, in terms of um he struggled in that, but this was the game that he should have he should have come in. And, had more of an impact, but as I say, I don't put this result sorry, down to him. The other two, I thought Mankio was a bit bit poor when he came on as well. Um He, he kind of, he stops his run tracking back into the box for, for the goal. He had a couple of uh, sort of sloppy passes um, and just, just didn't really get, come in and, and do anything within the game. And, and then Murphy, I just think, again, just, he doesn't really have the, the ability or the skill or kind of the guile to, it's kind of Expose weaknesses in, in Premier League teams. He's not—he's not, he's not a proper sort of starting Premier League player himself. So um, I just thought we lost a bit of him. Just although I mean, haven't said that. It's not as if the lads that they replaced were were like looked like they were going to create anything either. I'd, yeah. I just I would have liked to see Fraser stay on a bit longer. Um, and as Norman said, have him and, and um, ASM maybe switching and, and putting a bit of pressure on uh, Godfrey, testing him out a bit more. But uh, yeah, we just. It, it just never looked like we were going to score tonight and it was disappointing And um, that the subs just lacked. They, they didn't provide any kind of impetus when they came on. A um, bit harsh to say they killed with, but I just think it was... Uh, you were spitting feathers. I was, I was.
2: Well, you gotta, you got to stop eating them, haven't you? Um, <laughs> I, think, uh, <laughs> I think the ESM, just quickly on the ESM, I, I do find it frustrating when people... Default to criticise him. He's a very easy target, isn't he? It does seem it almost seems as if if ESM isn't absolutely outstanding, providing assists, scoring goals, and being his usual brilliant self on the pitch, it's like everything's his fault immediately. Um, it's obviously a very small minority of people who I'd imagine criticising, but ultimately I, I don't get it because the way I look at it is, is that ESM not only is he a wonderfully gifted footballer. He's also had quite a lot of problems with injuries over three seasons and basically under Steve Bruce, he literally carried the team. So as far and, as I... And mean, gets targeted
3: every game. Exactly. Gets point, by the three. Red yeah, car he has,
2: tonight. he <laughs> has three players around him. Everton went down to 10 men, yet they still had three players around him. So I think it's... I just think it's harsh and, and I think he's a wonderful player. And if he starts against Spurs or Wolves, for example, he's probably going to have a blinding game. So yeah, you know, I'm not, I don't buy it.
1: I agree with that. I agree with that. I think it's easy to sort of scapegoat. I think, you know some our defenders have to take responsibility for their goal like that that isn't ASM's fault um and actually that's kind of a nice segue into the next bit that I wanted to talk about which is the red card um I actually I said that's a red um when it happened I thought probably a bit of a soft red, but I reckon that is because his feet were up. And then when it started playing back, when when the VAR decision came up and it played back, I was like, oh both his feet are off the ground. Like it's clearly a red. I couldn't believe it was a yellow. So um that you will hear if you're a patron, you'll hear on the Match Day podcast is celebrated (laughs) like we've scored a goal. Um it was it was very rowdy. Um but this is this is it. it ties exactly into what you're saying. It's this this you know ASM may not have scored us a goal tonight, or even created a chance. But he draws players to him in such a way that you know Everton went down to ten men. We didn't. We couldn't have had a better opportunity than Everton going down to ten men. But unfortunately, the game was just already mental by then, so it didn't really make a massive impact. Um, and that was just
3: looked? sorry, sharp Just that that was purely because of it. They know what he's capable of.
1: Like, yeah,
3: Alan doesn't do that to Chris Wood or. Um, some some of the other players like they, he knew if I let ASM get away here, this probably leads to a goal. So yeah, um, yeah,
1: yeah. I, I totally agree with you. From your side, looking at it on TV, clearly a red, Norman.
2: Absolutely, yeah. Just interestingly, um, both alan's and both of the double L. Interesting stuff. Yes. So must be that's a rarity, isn't it? Um, yeah. <laughs>
1: Do you it reckon was, that's uh, why he went for him?
2: No you know, hundred on percent. I was the only Alain. I was the only yeah. Alain in the world, my mother told me, and all of a sudden you're turning up. Um St. Uh,
3: Patrick's Day, St. Alan's Day,
2: the double L's. <laughs> the double L. Um, so it was a clear, I mean a clear red card. It was out, It was now yeah, just tackle because if you think of it like this, if he connected with Maxi, he would have absolutely he would have done some serious damage. He's a foot and a half off the floor going in with two feet. It was a clear red, and what are you seeing there about ASM drawing players away in that freeing up space for other players to exploit. It kind of happened, right? Because post-red card, you're not only, they're not only down to 10 men, but also Maxi's driving two or three, he's, he's pulling two or three players towards him. Willock has a great chance at the end, by the way. There was a great chance there. And when Nelly score from um, Shea as well, Shea heads it across the goal and it hits Keane. So yes, it was, it was a terrible way to lose the game, but ultimately, even when they went down to 10 men, we didn't necessarily take full advantage of it, but we still created two very good goal-scoring chances. We need to try and remember that as well. You know, it wasn't all doom and gloom. Oh, we've gone down to 10 men and we were turgid because we yeah. still had chances. And if one of those chances had gone in, it was game over at that point, right? Um, but I, the um, the uh, the sending off, I mean, totally and you know, utterly correct. And um, in this situation, I'm glad that we had VAR. or well, yeah. it didn't make any difference ultimately.
3: <laughs> Do you know what, No, I'm shocked to say this, but I, I actually don't think it should have been a red,
2: He's a I, com- a I completely
3: to... understand that. I completely understand that. But when he makes the contact, like he's kind of catches his ankle as he's come down, and I completely get, I understand why it was given a red because he's diving in, lunging in. But he's lunging in from quite far away, and when he catches him, like it's quite low. And I think in normal time, everyone was saying yellow card. I don't think anyone was saying red card. Um, and you can say, listen to
1: the match day podcast.
3: Well, apart from Shaw, apart from Shaw, fair play to Shaw.
2: Well, I've got a, I've got to, I've got to, I've got a back on that.
3: But I just think, like, I've seen worse. Well, I don't know, I've seen worse. But like, but I, I, I think, think, I think it's it looks it looks worse in slow mo. And I think, in terms of where he's made the contact, I, I completely get it. it's reckless. It, it does fit the criteria for a red card.
1: Then it's a red
2: card. But, but, my but, but,
3: I, I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have been like outraged if they'd have just said yeah to yellow.
2: Yeah, well, you're a, you're a very violent man by nature, though, aren't you? Oh, yeah, I think, yeah, um, that is true. I think well, I'm, I'm, where do you I think, think I'm
3: getting these feathers from that I'm chewing. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I think the way I look at it, the way I look at it, Reid, compared to this, when Alan Pardew headbutted David Miller. he didn't really headbutt him, did he? he just kind no, of he didn't it. It was That serious. wasn't, yeah, that yeah. was... A, oh, it was a still
3: reaction. a bit naughty.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, all right, controversy. I think it's hard for me to take your take seriously, Ben, when you've said, I can see why it's a red card. It f- fulfills the criteria. And,
3: and, well, the, my point, what I'm saying is, is, in terms of when when he gets told, to go and look at this on the monitor, and then they literally slow it down to say, like, and the the frame is showing he's a foot off the ground. Um, but my point is, is that when he makes the contact, he, he his foot, he catches him as his foot's kind of landing. So when he makes the word. contact, he's not a foot off the ground. Is my point.
1: Okay. Like, I it's like, for example,
3: the, the, the free kick <clears throat> earlier in the game where Joe Linton got given a high foot because his foot was two metres away from De Kure's head. Again, it's just ridiculous. But it's like that's my, my kind of what I'm saying is, is you can't give decisions based on the worst-case possible scenario that might have happened. Just because his foot is a, a, a foot off the ground at some point as he's lunging into the tackle doesn't mean, oh, well, what if he'd a, what if ASM's head was on the ground a metre off?
1: Okay. Like, oh, right. God, do you
3: know what I mean? You can't like judge it by the potentials in the worst case scenario. You've got to say, well, what actually happened? He catches him as he's kind of landing. It's a bad tackle, but I I personally I'd be fuming if I got a red for that. If I, I refuse
2: to I refuse to, to engage flag. with you further on this subject.
1: Right. Well, let's move on past the red card. I think it's time. Um let's talk a little bit about before we wrap up about the atmosphere there tonight. Um got there. um I got there uh, quite early today because I had to meet some people and um, I sort of was outside Goodison for a long time. These boys are making each other laugh and I'm trying to host a podcast. Um, Sorry. Sorry. Yep. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I was outside Goodison for a long time. Quite nice, actually. I was outside for like probably from about 20 to seven <laughs> to uh, watch this sort of crowd swell and all of the atmosphere and it was all very exciting. Like, people started going in, you know, that sort of hour before and the team sheet came out and a um, load of people had that inflatable dinosaurs, but it was not to be because Jordan Pickford was not playing. Um, atmosphere was mint. Like, it was just very clear that everybody there thought we were, Everton were there for the taking and were, were there to, to beat them, like, pretty comfortably. Um, really full voice the entire way through. Um, really strange. I, I know that Frank Lampard um, like had said that he was going to blast a siren or something, and then and put flags on chairs. Fortunately, their turnstiles are absolutely fucking rubbish, and I missed the f- first minute of the game because I got stuck in one. Um, the guy was like, "Oh, sorry, they get stuck," and I was like, "Then get new ones." like buy some new ones but I know Everton are in some financial difficulties so maybe it's not on their priority list anyway um but yeah I missed I missed all the sort of like whatever scary stuff that Frank Lampard had planned um and didn't didn't seem like many of our fans were particularly frightened by whatever his (laughs) spooky plan was
3: are you suggesting Frank planted that bloke that ran on the pitch as well (laughs) as scary as it got
1: Yes, I am. I'm saying perhaps that was his doing as well, to break up play. You know how players, you know, they fake an injury or they take ages coming off the pitch. Well, this is one step further and it's a protester. Um, what is it called? Plastic wiring themselves to a... What are they called? I don't know what they're called.
3: Hog ties or something, I don't know. Sure. <laughs>
1: uh, cable ties. Cable ties. Cable Hog ties. ties. Hog uh, So, yeah, so just a lovely atmosphere. It, it was... You know, after after their goal went in, I mean, that there was only about five minutes left, really, but it was um, still pretty good. People getting frustrated, as I said, people getting frustrated with Maxi. A long time to be there as well. Fourteen extra minutes. It was like over an hour the second half, um, or like about an hour the second half. It was just um, it was just long, so people were getting frustrated and tired. I think, I assume it sounded good on the telly.
2: I don't know. I, I I think the way the way the it's set up to record at the stadium. I didn't hear Newcastle fans that much, but that doesn't necessarily mean they weren't loud. It just you know it, it depends where it depends on mic positioning, also how Sky felt like the sound too. Because you heard a little bit of it of that, um, but I, it, it didn't sound like it, came, it didn't sound raw. And I think look, I wasn't in the end. I don't know. You may tell me otherwise, but I guess the performance on the pitch probably you know has an impact on. On the general level of noise, right? It can, it can kind of temper it ever so slightly because, yeah, the, the, it wasn't it, out of all the performances lately. The last, since Christmas, really, that was probably the poorest one. Look, and again, we had seventeen shots today, like eight. We had six on target. I think they had two on target. We had sixty percent of the ball. We had thirty-nine, thirty-four. Uh, sorry, thirty-nine percent of the ball. We had, we had sixty-one. So it wasn't a terrible performance, but it just it was low energy, and I don't know if that's that, that,
1: interesting. Sorry to interrupt you. I'm really sorry. Um, Because it felt to me really loud. I, I don't know. I was in the upper. So I,
3: I, I think you, you must have had your ear horn in, Norman. <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, the big. Uh, yeah. Because uh, I, I, could... I could hear the Newcastle fans. But I know, I know what you mean. I think it kind of was. Tied to the, the way the game was flowing, though, in terms of mm, mm-hmm. there wasn't a huge amount of kind of exciting action going on. And so yeah. you don't really get those kind of picks of, like...
2: Really I, was, I was you, wearing a motorcycle helmet when I was watching it as well. Just well, there one. you go.
1: And well, did you have go. your Silicon earplugs in? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah mean Silicon, yes. On <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, we're descending into madness. Um, Last one. Does this really matter? Are we still going to be okay, Ben? Tell me.
3: Oh, I mean it's it's a it's a blow for the, the top ten um march that I was uh fully endorsing. Um I think we're it's gonna be it'll be tight but um in terms of where we'll finish I think it's probably gonna um mean that we finish kind of between twelfth and fourteenth I think but uh, by no means is that a, a bad a bad thing. I think um we've we've shown and we're we're still a tough team to play against. I mean that's let's, let's be honest. I mean I think, without that red card, honestly, I think the red card gave Everton that like impetus Calvinite. to kind of... Yeah, it mm. did. And we see that all the time when a decision goes against you. It's like the injustice of it gave them an extra level, that extra bit of energy to to, to kind of see them through for that last 20 minutes. Um, I, I think that game ends 0-0 with, with 11 v 11 just cancelling each other out. I think there was an element where obviously we were kind of expected to push the game on a bit more and and maybe that's why ASM's coming, dropping deep to kind of pick the ball to, to get space and stuff. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a look. It's a bad result, but um, we've done so well in the last this run that we've been on where we've not lost in nine, and um, like we're, we're a team to be reckoned with now. Like we're, we're giving yeah. teams a good game, and we, we were the better team tonight for large parts of it. Um, it's a bad result, but I, I fully expect the lads to uh, come back in a couple of weeks against uh, Spurs. A game I'll be at. Um, like firing ready ready to go
2: i agree i think that you're right we probably will finish between 12th and 14th but ultimately we're still, as daft as it sounds we're still looking up the table as far as i'm concerned i do think we'll give spurs a heck of a game doing it in their place the, the slight concern i've had over these last two games is that we've conceded goals at the death in both of them i think that just that just shows me that we desperately need a break and this comes down to strength and depth in the squad. I think we're starting 11. I think we've got like 15 players who are really good. But I think when you're playing three consecutive away games in the space of seven days, you probably want to be able to make slightly more changes than, than how Hell was allowed to. You know, you've got Chris Wood plowing a lonely four up front on his own for like, what, like 10 games off the spin or whatever it is now. You know, we need the extra bodies that we just don't have. So I'm not, I'm not too disheartened. I do feel that, you know, 24 hours from now, I won't be thinking about this game very much. 48 hours, from now I'll be thinking I cannot wait for Spurs to come out these next two weeks, can't, can't. quickly enough. So, how are the lads? And uh, still got massive faith in Eddie Hill, and I still love ESM and all of those with you, man.
1: There we go, that's a happy note to end on. Thank you all very much for listening. Thank you for um, subscribing to our Patreon if you do, consider it if you don't. We will be back this weekend with a free podcast, uh, not about a game, we will just be talking through things. I f- Think with Craig Hope, but if not, that's a patron, so join patron. All right, I'll stop hawking that now. Thank you all very much for listening. Take care. Speak you soon.
4: It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing.